0: through the book of Acts that we've been on, the journey. Acts 19, verse 11. And God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Let's, let's pray as we go into the word. Whenever you go to the word, it's a good idea to, when you're encountering a supernatural book, you should have a supernatural approach to allow those, the spirit to speak to us. God, would you move in our hearts and speak to us each individually this morning that this word, that this uh, supernatural communication that you recorded for us thousands of years ago that still speaks relevant to us today. In your name, amen. Hey, did you hear the news? that uh, James A. Ray uh, was convicted of murdering three people and injuring 14. Now his weapon wasn't a bomb like we heard of yesterday in Norway, the tragedy that happened there. It wasn't a a, a gun. No, James' weapon in 2009 was sweat. He killed them with sweat. You you might remember this guy. In two thousand nine, there was a this guy is an, one of the Oprah Book Club guys, and be careful, Oprah's Book Club is dangerous. Um, he uh, he had a spiritual warrior retreat in Arizona, which which basically apparently part of being a spiritual warrior is sitting in a sweat lodge. Now, you know, Keith and Sue, you guys, it was I, you mentioned to me this morning that they have just got back from uh, Colorado, where they enjoyed a mud bath, and. Which is sort of, I've always, this there's such an irony in the term mud bath. Do you know what I mean? Just oxymoron. Anyway, so, but, but they also did the cave sweat thing. Which basically involved them going deep into a cave and then just sweating profusely. Yeah, spiritual warriors. So, apparently that's awfully dangerous if you do it for too long, which is what James Ray figured out. You ought not to do that for too long. And, and I got to say this, if you're looking to be a spiritual warrior and sweating is what you're looking for, right outside our door is MAMU, the Mobile Assault Ministry Unit, the trailer that every Sunday in the summer, you're, we're all spiritual warriors sweating like crazy out there. So that's the, what's happened with James Ray. He put him in this thing, locked him in. And by the way, it's, the, the the MAMU is not dangerous for your health because we have plenty of uh, hydration for you there. Sweating, which is apparently a pretty healthy thing, which would explain the sauna. And I got to tell you, I'm not a sauna guy. I'm, I'm certainly not the sauna guy when there's the guy that comes in with a perfectly good towel sitting next to him, and then he wants to talk. I'm like, I got to tell you, bro, you did, just the towel. It's there. It's complimentary. I'll get I'll, you can. I'll get one. But I, I'm just. I'm not that guy. But the sweating in the trailer, the sweating in the sauna. And the reason I bring all of this up is that this passage, which you know, the beauty of going through the Bible is you're gonna get to everything eventually. Now the temptation is sometimes is to skip over stuff because it's kind of weird and hard and tricky. And this is one that between you and me, I would have rather just kind of skipped over. But I have this challenge for myself and I challenge you as well, which is sometime go through the Bible and go through the stuff that you don't have underlined. And figure out because if all words, all of God's word is inspired, then even the stuff that's in between the underlined stuff, the stuff that goes on your refrigerator or your rearview mirror or whatever to remember, there's other things that are here, and this is kind of one of them, because it's basically saying that they had sent these handkerchiefs that had touched Paul, and then then people got healed with them. And the reason I bring up sweating is that you know <laughs> these days, if you there are certain television broadcasts that if you were to be up at two in the morning watching like BET for instance, that these guys have targeted and they would tell you that if you would call this number and they'll send you an, a handkerchief that the man of God had been slaving and praying over and, and then you will get healed. Now, I've, I, from time to time when I was younger and, uh, and less responsible, I would call some of these numbers just for fun. And, and I'll say that the hanky was literally like a little like silver dollar sized piece of cloth that had been manufactured in mass. And it wasn't necessarily a cloth as much as a nickel of, of, of uh, fabric. But I bring that up because I Save your money. I, I, as, I'm, I'm gonna take off my pastor hat and just say I'm your brother and your buddy opinion and say there's a lot of great ministries doing a lot of really great stuff. Invest your money in those things. God, if you if anybody ever says you send this and you get a miracle, they have just sold you a miracle, they're not for sale. Paul didn't get any money for these. There are ministries that we can support that are doing incredible things. There's nothing wrong with getting a, a gift in return for a, it's a partnership thing, but if it's being sold to you is if you send me this, you'll get rich or you will get healed for it or whatever, just turn the channel and and, then turn it to the one where there's somebody that's saying something that's powerful and doing profound things around the world that's just my opinion back to the service so when you look at a passage like this you think okay that's probably not what it is that god is selling here what on earth is going on if you've ever been backstage at a concert you know the worst time in the world to actually talk to a band member is immediately post show okay because they is nasty like gross like we've got bandwives in here. I've I've actually seen your husband walk off a stage and wring his shirt out like he had literally soaked it in a pond. Just salty and sour and dank. And so it's always fascinating to me when you hear somebody say, you know, Oh, the guy gave me a high five, I'm never gonna wash my hand again. You probably should. Because <laughs> like quickly. And then you know, you can go on eBay and buy like you know sweatbands from Jimmy Hendrix from a long time ago that have probably got some degree of mold or I don't know, whatever grows on things like that after it's been sweat on. But this isn't that either. It's not spiritual groupie, it's not Paul got a bunch of groupies that want to get, you know, a piece of memorabilia from him. It's not a sweat lodge thing where he's sweating it. But these rags that were on him were not just a towel that he touched and labored over. Here's what they were. They were his aprons. He was working a day job, okay? And if you work outside. Some of you guys worked outside this week. Carrie, I know you, were, you guys were moving this week, right? So you're outside and inside, and you know what? You get a little sweaty when you do that. And so Paul would be working during the day making tents, and these aprons were his sweat rags. So I've got this idea, because, of course, Paul, just, and you see if this is just pray about it, see if it's something. Paul would, of course, send these out and people would get miracles for him, right? And, you know, I, if you've been around long enough, you know that I don't have a sweat band. I mean, even though I, I, I like that, you know, the Olivia Newton-John look. But it's, I, I use a visor. They're fashionable and functional. So I say we all get visors and, and soak them in sweat. And then I'll send them to you and see if something happens. Just, I mean, just think about it. Pray about it. But that's what, we're, the reason I'm bringing up sweat is that's what was going on. This wasn't some awesome little piece of cloth. This was his sweat towel that he prayed, that they sent to them. It doesn't even actually indicate that he prayed over them. It just says that they sent them and people would get healed. So if it's not memorabilia, if it's not a sweat lodge, if it's not Darren's visor, what's going on here? I think i want to suggest three things that I think here. And if you're a note taker, you might wanna jot this down and think about it later. But number one, I think that there's an element of a mystery that's happening here. There are many things in the Bible that I don't understand. And I, I, I for instance, Second Kings. Elisha is dead. They've put him in his sepulcher and buried him. And not long later, maybe years, there's a band of Moabites marauding through the country. And they lose one of their guys and so they need to find a place to bury him and quickly. And so they open up this the first place they come to, this sepulcher, they throw him inside the tomb and he comes back to life. His body hits uh, Elisha's bones, and he comes back to life. And I mean, imagine waking up in there, right? <laughs> um, Indiana Jones, right? But, but I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand how that or why that happened. There's an element of mystery that I just don't understand. And keeping in mind, by the way, that just when you see something like that, and just like this with the prayer cloths, it doesn't mean that we ought not to do it or that we ought to do it. I, I just, I question the idea of building an entire ministry around it. For instance, Kenneth Hagin, a man of God that passed away not long ago. We don't take our deceased and throw him in the grave just to see if he comes back to life. I mean, we don't do that just because ha- we saw it there. So we don't, you know, I mean, it's kind of morbid. But I'm saying that there's a level of mystery that sometimes in the word that we just have to be okay with and say that I don't understand that this side of heaven and my little intellectual capacity to understand, God isn't going to be boxed in by that. And the other side of that coin is that there are stories of people who would have maybe had a, 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 an apron or a, a cloth sent to them across the world and, and they would have been healed from that. That happens. So we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and say that it's impossible or whatever. There's just There's an element of mystery to it that our little brains can't get our, our minds wrapped around and it's okay to not understand. I don't know if you understand what faith is, but that's a piece of it. I don't get this... So I have faith to understand it. There is an element of mystery to it. Number two, an illustration of ministry. And what I mean by that is really, really simple. This is, there are many things in our life where maybe we need a little jump start, so to speak, to get it, you know, a little electric shock, like a pacemaker, so to speak, to get us moving into, in our faith. And there are things in the Bible where those are used. The the laying on of hands is one of them, for instance. If you notice, Jesus never laid his hand on anybody. He would say to them, be healed, and they would get up. But Paul would then talk about laying on of hands. To to send somebody into ministry, it talks about laying our hands on them. There's uh, the anointing of oil that James speaks of. It's another one of those pictures where God can do it without it, but there's this moment where we come together, something happens, and you see it, and it is a contact point for your faith, a little bit of a spark to get your faith up. That's all it really is, whether it's baptism, communion. These are pictures of today of things that just help us with our faith, and God mercifully gives us those pictures. Notice this, though. They always exist with more than one person. Man, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, they exist in community. It's a picture for us that when we pray for someone and I put my hand on your shoulder, man, there's a moment of community in that. There's a moment of us communing with each other when we take communion. It's the body of Christ being the body to each other. It's a picture of us here, an illustration of ministry that Paul would I wouldn't even be able to get to them, but somebody would bring it to them and they would know, man, Paul was thinking about me. I know he's working and he can't get here, but this nasty sweat towel is here and I know that he's been working and it, 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 would, it would give them a little bit of a, a faith spark, an illustration of ministry, an element of mystery, and number three, an alleviation of misery. These folks were a bit in trouble. There was people that were sick, there was demons, there was oppression. And this would bring them an alleviation of their misery. And here's how, and if you've tuned out, please dial back in for just a couple minutes and then you can go back. Because I think this is, and I don't care, I mean, yeah, just follow the Lord with that. But but understand, this is I think the the moment right here that I want you to hear of anything because it spoke to me the loudest this week. Because in this alleviation of ministry, understand that Paul would get up in the morning And some of you get up and work outside, you know, it's hot. He was in an arid climate. Wasn't swinging a hammer, but he was making tents. There's a lot of pulling and tugging and physical labor involved with making tents. It's not just sitting down at a sewing machine. They didn't have them, you understand. He would do that in the morning till about 11 or 12. And in their culture, they would then take a siesta, so to speak, and rest for the afternoon because it was really, really hot. And then towards evening, they'd go back to work when the the temperatures would cool again. There was a historian that I read this week that said that there was actually oftentimes more people awake at 1 a.m. than 1 p.m. because of just the way the temperature was. So Paul, when it was supposed to be siesta time, would be going to, we learned this a couple chapters ago, to the school of Tyrannus and speaking the word, teaching the word for three to four hours a day. So when he was, could have been resting like a lot of others, he was actually teaching at the school. Those that were students would go to school in the afternoon, because if they had to work, they could work in the mornings. So when he could have been resting and sleeping, he was instead teaching. Here's why that's important. Please tune in. He was teaching them because he loved them. He was working in the morning because he loved them. He would actually say to them later in the book of Corinthians and then in Ephesians that he didn't even take any money from these folks. Not because it was wrong to, he would actually go on and clarify that, but he would say that for this group, for this moment, for this time, God has asked me to work for free so that I don't have any hook. You have no reason to doubt why I'm here. That was for that season of his life. Later on, a gift would come, and he would be able to float his ministry and be able to quit his day job for a while. But like often is the case, there were seasons where he was working, and there were seasons where he wasn't working. During this season, he was working. But here's the indication of what I see here that's important for us. He did it because he loved them. Faith comes by hearing, but how does it work? Galatians 5:6 tells us that faith works by love. We know how it comes is by hearing, but how does it work? Galatians 5, 6, you can write it down and go there later. It works by love. So now that I've got it here in me, how does it work? It works by love. When I am loving someone practically, and oftentimes, in my life, more often than not these days, it seems like, it involves sweating, (laughs) it involves physical labor, it involves working. And when I am doing that, when I am loving someone with my labor, so to speak, With that love, it makes faith work. Makes their faith work. They got those nasty sweat towels and they didn't see them as nasty. They were like, that's awesome. The fact that he would do that for me, the fact that God would care enough that this guy would come here, get beat down and work his tail off for me, and it sparked their faith. Faith works by love. And the word for us today is as we're loving each other practically, whether it's helping somebody move, whether it's mowing somebody's yard, whether it's working in the trailer on a Sunday. mean, that's not fun. Let's be honest. It's hot and nasty. But it, love makes your faith work. No wonder that he would say that faith without works is dead. Because in that Work is our love. Now understand this, these are not works in the sense of I'm doing this to get somebody, to earn something, to whatever. I love the Lord and the love of the Lord flowing through me. Again, Paul's filled with the Spirit. We talked about this two weeks ago. And the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. So this work was just a natural outgrowth of what he was doing. If you're doing it and you're feeling it burdensome and it's oh, it's not the Spirit and you can stop because it doesn't do you any good anyway. This is about the spirit flowing through you. Paul was filled with the spirit. The outgrowth of his love on this day was working. And because of that, his love flowing through him, his faith, and works together. There's always been that big debate. Was it faith or is it works? The answer, yes. It's faith that works. God would, uh, the, the Bible would declare to us that without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. When you tie that into love, it all of a sudden makes all the sense in the world, don't it? Because if I don't love the Lord, my faith isn't working. If, you know what I mean? If I'm not loving, that's what fuels the faith. It all of a sudden works. And, and the word for you this morning and the word for me is, man, as we're loving each other around us, are there opportunities that we can inspire our brothers and sisters in their faith, inspire ourselves in our own faith by loving someone enough to sweat a little bit for them? And I have two thoughts as I close this down, two things that I want to really land on to make you think about. Two things, and we're going to end this thing. Number one, when you're doing this, now I've been working out like crazy. You can't tell by looking at me because I eat too much. Sorry. Darren Tyler and I eat. But, but hi, Darren. I, but I'm working like crazy. Like I'm nasty and sweaty. There was one point at the gymnasium. When I'm not sure if I should tell this story, that's probably the moment when I should not. But I'm going to go anyway. And I'm at the drinking, and I'm at the drinking fountain. And during this phase of our lives, there was a supermodel, Nikki Taylor, worked out at the gym that I worked out at. Now, I'm not a supermodel guy. I don't. I mean, I couldn't name them. You know what I mean? But the minute I saw her, even in like, you know, dripping sweatpants and you know, long tat on her arm or whatever, I was like, that's supermodel Nikki Taylor. Like I knew immediately who that was and she'd get up on the bike and ride and and there's one day I'm at the gym and I'm at the end of everything like I'm at the, you know like POW shape I'm leaning over at the at the fountain I'm getting water and I'm like trying to you know retain consciousness and and, and I turn uh, I get up and I turn around and I'm like oh <laughs> that's supermodel Nikki Taylor let's see she's <laughs> Now, I don't know why she's drinking out of the skanky water fountain with me, but she is. Like, it's that nasty water fountain at the gym that you ought not to drink out of, but you're so thirsty, you do it anyway. And she says to me this. She says, hard workout, huh? And I say, like, I just, I just walked away. I didn't know what to say. Like, it's supermodel Nikki Taylor. I'm not allowed to talk to you. I don't know. I just like. So that was my moment with, anyway. But I'm at the gym, there's a point to the story, I walked away, right? I love you, Shannon, she's got nothing on you. Just nasty, sweatpants, yeah. um, not like you. I'm remaining, I'm trying to be hydrated at the gym and the reason I bring this up is, you gotta keep hydrated. If you're gonna spend this kind of, ex- on behalf of the Lord, Don't let yourself dehydrate. What happened to those people in Arizona was they dehydrated. You've got to let the Spirit lead you in it. Be filled with the Spirit. The picture of the Spirit, Jesus said, was water. Rivers of living water would flow from within you. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit, which was yet to come. In the book of John, he said that. Keep yourself filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Be in the Word. And from that, let that be an extension of the work that you're doing. If you're not doing it, you're going to dehydrate and you're going to die spiritually. You're going to be burned up, dried out, exhausted, and burdened. Don't do it to yourself. And don't let us pressure you because you get into an environment like this where people are just moving to India and doing crazy stuff. You want to do it just because that seems awesome. Do it after the Spirit is on you and leading you to do it. It's okay to wait for the Spirit to come to you, to lead you. Don't feel the pressure because that's how you burn out. You understand me? That's number one, stay hydrated. Number two is this. There are probably some of us in here today that think, hey, that's great. You guys want to go sweat on behalf of somebody else. Those of you that are in the trailer working, or those of you that are sweating, setting up walls, or, I mean, good Lord knows Jim and the people that work with our kids sweat every week as they're running around the hallways teaching about Jesus. I mean, Guy lost like two pounds last week. (laughs) Running around. (laughs) But understand this, when you think that I, I kind of need somebody to bleed or to, to, to sweat on my behalf right now, I am oppressed and I am sick, I am tired, I am in need, I really need somebody to sweat for me today. I don't have it in me to sweat for somebody else. I want you to know that I have got great news for you. Jesus in a garden would be kneeling beside a rock, and he said to the Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. First he said, if there's any possible way that this cup could pass from me. Jesus had a choice. He didn't have to do it. He chose to do it. When we die on our back, when we're in that trailer, you have a choice. You don't have to do it. When you're here, when you're around the world, wherever God is calling you, with your neighbors, you don't have to do it. But he, he said, nevertheless, thy will be done, not mine. And it says that he was in such anguish, understand this, that he... Sweat, great drops of blood. hematridosis? Hematrodosis. Wow. Hematridosis is a very rare thing that can happen under great amounts of strain. Your sweat glands are surrounded by little capillaries that under certain amounts of stress and strain can pop and cause you to bleed from your forehead. Jesus on that day would sweat for you and for me. He had you on his mind as he went to work for you. Later on that day they would take a, a crown of thorns. Thorns, interesting by the way, Genesis 3, they would say, God would say to them that from here on out the ground would be cursed and that you, your labor, you would work by the what? The sweat of your brow. And interesting that, that they would say, he would say that the curse would be thorns and thistles would be part of what would happen because of the work that you would do. You would be constantly stressed because of that. And so Jesus would, on his forehead, take those thorns and thistles which spoke of the curse, the sweat of his brow, which was sweating blood, and have it driven down into his skull where blood would flow for you and for me. And so if you're in a position this morning where you feel like, man, I, I need somebody to sweat for me, he did. And he sweat great drops of blood that were his love for you. Allow that love to make your faith work this morning. Somehow, miraculously, over 2,000 years ago, he had you on his mind. He had me on his mind. This God-made flesh that dwelt among us had you on his mind. You, he was thinking about you. And for every sin that you have committed every sin that you are committing, every sin that you will commit, it paid for it all because he loved you. He sweat for you. He sweat for me. And please allow that. If nothing else in your life, allow that love to let your faith work today, to let it move in your life. There's a lot to be done. Jesus would say, pray that the Lord would send laborers into the harvest. Today, some of you are the answer to that prayer that Jesus prayed 2,000 years ago. You're the answer to that prayer. There are those of us that are going to be the answer to that prayer as we go into the harvest, whether it's your band in Louisiana, whether it's mowing your neighbor's yard. Patrick, whether it's you on the road playing drums for nothing, right, out there trying to get the kingdom advanced that way. Ruth, with your outreach here in uh, in Franklin at the Sodium, whatever it is, we're answers to that prayer. And my encouragement to you today is to be filled with the Spirit. Allow that Spirit to work in you. And from out of that will flow love. And when you do that, man, it just makes people's faith work. It makes your faith work. It makes my faith work. It's the miracle of it. It's almost like a circular thing, isn't it? Faith works, loves the Holy Spirit. It just kind of keeps going in this circle. As long as we keep being filled with the Spirit. As we worship just a little while longer, it's 1136. We still, if we really work hard, can get you to CC's Pizza before the Baptists get there. <laughs> but I don't want you to hurry out of here if you, need a, if you need the Lord to speak to you. As we worship, sing along if that's where the Lord is, but also listen to the Lord in your life. Is there a 12-year-old kid that you need to take fishing? that just needs to hear from the Lord? Is there somebody you need to reach out to and take coffee? Is there somebody you need to make lunch for? Is there somebody you just need to call and say, man, I've been thinking about you. Is there somebody in your life that you just need to show some love for that would spark that faith in their life that makes demons flee, that makes diseases cured, that makes oppression go away, that sparks faith? Don't send them my visor, send them you. You are it. You're what God wired for this. Just let the Spirit flow from within you. Might sweat a little bit, but I promise you that, A, you're going to be fulfilled. Jesus said that when you're, you'll never thirst again if you let this water flow within you. You'll be satisfied and the people around you will be satisfied. Remember this Galatians 5-6, faith works by love. It comes by hearing. You heard it this morning. Allow the faith for that, but let it work now through your love. Lord, I give uh, us to you this morning. As each of us listen to this word from you, let it speak to us. Anyone here of us that just needs to know that you loved us enough, that you had us on your mind, you had me on your mind, let that be a word as a, as a, a mental picture of a, not a sweat band, but a band of thorns around your skull as you sweat great drops of blood for us, for me, Let that love make the faith work in us this morning. And I ask that you would speak to each of us in our lives, in our neighbors, in our workplace, in our families. How can I, how can we show the love that we have practically? Not out of a desire to work or to earn anything, but just a natural outflow of being filled with the Spirit. We ask it in in Jesus' name. Amen.